Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Matroshka, Part 2 Ross took the doll out of Leonard's unresisting hands and grappled with it. Damned things stuck, he said, tugging at it a moment more. He frowned and handed it back to Leonard. Here, you try. Leonard twisted it once, sharply, and it came apart. Huh, you must have loosened it, he said, laying the empty shell to one side. The next layer was the darkest yet, textured like wood but almost black and Leonard wasted no time in separating its two halves. Beneath that was another layer that was so white it seemed to almost be unreal, flexing slightly as he applied gentle pressure. Plastic, Leonard said, gently running his hands over the surface. By now the matroshka was only a few inches high, and Leonard weighed it thoughtfully in his hand. It's heavier than it was when I started, he said. But how is that possible? Margaret held her hand out for it. She hefted it, then nodded. He's right. Definitely heavier. The next layer was plastic again. Off-white this time, but unlike the previous one, it felt solid under Leonard's fingers. Then came a grey layer, even harder. Density, Leonard murmured. They're arranged in density. Each layer is more solid, more dense. It won't be long before we get to something like glass or metal. His nimble fingers shelled layer after layer of plastic, each one thin but steadily becoming less flexible, more unyielding. The desk quickly became littered with rounded cups and extruded heads, until Leonard scowled and put the doll down. It's getting damned untidy already, he muttered. Margaret, would you give me a hand? Together they paired up the dolls, arranging them in order of size on the table, while Ross picked the matroshka up and turned it over in his hands. You know, whatever's in here could be worth a bit, he said. Might be, I don't know, something spectacular, like unknown elements, secrets of the universe. Leonard plucked it back out of his hands. It's a curio, Ross. It'll be like one of those chocolate eggs, and in the middle will be a little toy car or something. Someone's on a wind-up. Where's your sense of adventure, your Christmas spirit? Ross shook his head, tutting in mock admonition. Look! At least, set up a video camera. Worst case scenario, we can put the video on YouTube, get a bit of publicity. I'll go get one. Leonard turned the little plastic doll over in his hands, marvelling at how smooth the material was under his fingers. Little streak marks appeared on its surface, smudged fingerprints that marred its perfection. What if it keeps going forever? It can't, logically, Margaret said. There's a unit for the smallest thing possible. Plank length, she shrugged. Beyond that, it's quantum physics. She began to pick up the paper that still littered the floor, and together they stacked it on a shelf. Leonard picked up the first page and turned it over. It was his handwriting, definitely, but the pages didn't seem to be in any order and taken at random from different projects. He scowled. Another mystery. Ross bustled back in, trailing wires and a couple of little lights and within a few minutes, images of the doll were lighting up every screen in the lab. I'll be outside, Ross said, whenever you're ready. 
Leonard stared warily at the camera's glass eye. He dithered for a moment, putting his hands down flat, then on the doll, then out of view until Margaret raised an eyebrow. Yes, okay, he said, and began to work on the doll again. Progress was slower now. For over an hour he talked about the situation, the appearance, the many layers prior to this, their hypotheses about density. All the while the Matroshka sat, black plastic reflecting the shiny lights they had focused on it. Finally it was time to continue, and Leonard grasped the doll firmly, twisting the halves apart. The plastic came away, revealing a crystal-clear glass layer. Through the glass, shiny metal winked in the light. Looks like tinfoil, but I'm sure it's not that. Leonard peered closer, nose almost touching the smooth glass. Silicon? If this is glass, that won't be silicon, Margaret said. It's not dense enough. Leonard unscrewed the glass, freeing the metal coating within, and placed it carefully to one side. It's strontium, he said, watching as a yellowish sheen spread over the surface of the metal. Look, it's oxidising. Margaret pulled out her phone and tapped away for a few seconds, then frowned. So, it'll probably be aluminium next, then scandium. She stopped, and both of them turned towards the door, through which the sound of raised voices could be heard. Leonard sighed, put the matroshka down, and opened the door. Outside, there was a flurry of activity. The normally quiet lab, a space built for only a half-dozen scientists and workstations, had filled with people. Intermingled between the plastic Christmas tree and the shaky paper chains left over from the party, there were professors and students alike. Leonard spotted people from biology, from chemistry, electronics and engineering, a broad spectrum of ugly Christmas jumpers and more formal wear. Everyone was talking, the babble of conversation impossible to pick up on any one topic. Leonard reached out and snagged the sleeve of a tall biologist, her iron-grey hair in a tight plait. What's going on, Deirdre? Oh, Leonard, she smiled. Well, I'm not sure myself. Ross started grabbing people about ten minutes ago, said there was some kind of mysterious doll and that we should all come down here. She pointed to the large TV on the wall. Normally reserved for presentations, it was filled with the live feed from the video camera in Leonard's office. Aliens, someone else said. His name tag said he was Dr. Hoyer. Someone told me it appeared in a flash of light. Leonard frowned. Nothing of the sort. It just appeared. Look, this is all a lot of noise and effort for a simple Matroshka doll. I think we're all taking this a bit seriously, to be honest. But as he watched the others, he realised that they weren't serious at all. It was as though this were a natural extension of the Christmas celebrations. People were talking laughing, sharing their theories, and many were holding glasses of the leftover wine from the night before. Ross, holding a paper cup that brimmed with something fizzy, squeezed between two PhD students. Leonard! We were wondering when you'd start opening it again. It's like a scientific pass-the-parcel. He grinned. Come on, man, get to it! Despite himself, Leonard laughed. All right, all right, I'm going. Shaking his head, he went back into his office and closed the door quieting the noise. Margaret was still bent over the doll, a small Geiger counter in her hand clicking rhythmically. Oh, Professor, I was just checking for radiation. 
Any luck? She turned the counter off. There's background radiation and not a lot else. I was expecting that maybe if we ended up on radioactive elements, they'd be tiny but powerful, so we should be able to detect them. Nothing for it but to keep going, I suppose, Leonard said, sitting down at the desk. He composed himself, hands flat on the table, then picked up the doll. A muffled cheer from the next room accompanied the movement, and Leonard smiled as he worked. Matroshka will be concluded next week. If you're enjoying this story, then why not check out www.stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find this story and many others like it. Also, Amygdala magazine, a cross-genre short story collection, recently chose my story, Bellina, to be featured as the winner of their short story competition. You can pick it up for free at www.amygdalazine.com. That's A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A-Z-I-N-E dot com.